interview opens with a brief introduction, the camera then panning to a soft-spoken and well-dressed woman with dark eyes hidden under wire-framed glasses and curly brown hair framing her face. The video was filmed on August 3rd, 2003 in Blacksburg, Virginia, the home of Juliana Toth. Her story begins with her parents, who were Jewish, living in Hungary. Her mother lived in the country in Hungary, a small town called Debrecen, where her father made a living owning a bookstore, selling books to a nearby university. She was the second oldest of four children, and when her mother died, she dropped out of school to take care of her brothers. As a teenager, she lived in the small town of Soboslo with her grandpa, a disabled veteran, and her grandmother. Juliana's mother's family was not very observant, but did celebrate the high holidays, as they thought of themselves more as intellectuals than religious people. Juliana's father came from a more religious family and spent spent his childhood in Porslo, Hungary. She had no memory of her dad, but her mom did what she could to keep his memory alive. Her father was a tailor, but was able to make ends meet with his wife and four children. He wanted to go to university for business in the 1920s, but was rejected because he was Jewish. He studied in Vienna and moved back to Hungary to become a wholesale food businessman. Hitler became Chancellor of Germany in 1933, and new anti-Semitism was on the rise in Europe. In the mid-30s, he lost his job and joined a fruit stand with a woman who was Juliana's mother's aunt. They met while they were both employed at the store in 1937, and, and he had been recently divorced and already had a daughter. He wanted to leave Hungary with his wife and daughter, and already bought tickets to America. His wife didn't want him to bring their daughter, and he didn't want to leave without his daughter. The couple was married in 1939 in Hungary. The war had started September 1st, 1939, with the German invasion of Poland. It would take years for the war to officially involve Hungary, but anti-Semitism was all over Europe. As early as 1940, her father was already in a forced labor camp. At the time, it was like an unpaid job. He got leave quite often so he could visit his family in Budapest. They lived in a small apartment above his fruit store. The store was soon closed because Juliana's mother was not able to run the store by herself. Her father was still able to keep the family float through his wholesale food business, selling mostly apples and citrus from Italy, allowing them to live comfortably. He kept his money in a bank, but soon all Jewish bank accounts were frozen. He wrote a letter to a business partner asking for help. He refused to help and went so far as to asking her father to never approach him again because he did not want to violate any of the strict anti-Semitic laws. The labor camp her father worked at was owned by the Hungarian government, and they mostly built roads and train tracks and other construction. All the men were able to be provided health care by a physician who was a friend of Juliana's father. While work was hard, the men in the camp had it easier than some others who did more taxing manual labor. On December 14, 1941, Juliana was born. 
Her father was in the camps until about 1944. He was unable to leave anymore, so he would send postcards. Ghettos popped up around the country for the final solution to segregate Jews and transport them to concentration camps, which were prisons where Jewish people would be forced into heavy labor and often mass killings. In order to further segregate, anyone who was Jewish was, requ- was required to wear a yellow Star of David, the main symbol of Judaism. Her mother was trying to find a safe place to stay, so she tried to get the superintendent the building to to take care of Juliana for a bit because she had a lot of children and knew she she would take good care of her daughter. Her mother's plan was to find somewhere safe, come back for Juliana when she found a safe place. Her mother came back the next day and Juliana was gone. The police had come to look for Jews and the superintendent had turned her in. They took little two and a half year old Juliana to a ghetto in Budapest, which was in a historically Jewish neighborhood with Jewish-owned shops and a large synagogue. Any Jews that weren't in the ghetto tried desperately to avoid being brought to it. The superintendent somehow knew where she was taken to. Juliana's mother paid a non-Jewish baker to take bread to the ghetto, to go to the ghetto, put Juliana in a sack of bread. She was separated for a total of two days. This was the first time she was separated from her mother. After this, her mother moved with Juliana to a house outside the ghetto, where they saw her father for the last time. Her father's father's last visit was August in 1944. She was about two and a half. He could only stay for a short time. The war began in Hungary in the fall of 1944. Life was dangerous for Jews. Juliana doesn't know what happened to her father, but other men in his unit survived and said he was trying to get off the train in Austria kept saying he was not going to leave Hungary because he didn't want to leave his family. He was able to get somebody to let him off for a minute, and the last time they saw him, he had stepped off the train while talking to someone. Never returned. His friends assumed he was able to escape, but Juliana's mother never heard from him. She assumed he was killed by a Hungarian cop who saw he was trying to stay in Hungary wasn't on any records of being in a concentration camp. The owner of Juliana and her mother's new home was the wife of a friend of her father in the same unit as him in the labor camps. Her name was Boske Mashenker. They moved in with Boske's father, mother, and child. They were safe in the house until about November. In November, Hungary started putting more work in into gathering the Jews outside of the ghetto. Transports and forced marches also started in Budapest around this time. One day, the police came and took all the women in the house within a certain age group. Only the very old and very young weren't taken. Juliana was left there with Boske's mother. The people who were taken were moved to the brick factory outside the city, which was no longer in operation. Jews who were women were collected at the brick factory and eventually would be taken to the railroad station and taken to a concentration camp. Boske's husband encouraged them to leave because of the growing, growing danger of staying in the city. Her mother was too scared to try and flee because of all the guards and their weapons. 
Bosuke was able to slip out and bring Juliana's mother with her, and escape through a hole in the wall or some other exit. Her mother was so afraid she didn't even remember the escape. All she remembered was the strong grip of Bosky's hand and hearing, We have to go. We have to leave now. They returned from their escape during the night. The doors to the apartment building were locked, and the man who was the elevator operator knew her father very well, because her father saved his life once when the man fell down the elevator shaft. Her father was, her father was going in the elevator and noticed that the man wasn't there, so he called down, and noticed that he was at the bottom of the shaft. So he climbed down and saved him. The elevator worker put her mother and Bosque in the elevator and stopped between two floors. He knew the police would come again during the night. When they came, he said the elevator was out of order. The police had to walk up the stairs. Juliana and her mother had to leave. She and Bosque didn't want anyone to know they were able to escape. So her mother tried to organize false IDs. There were too many people and it was getting dangerous to live in the apartment with Bosque's family. So they went their separate ways. Bosque, her child, and her mother and father went to a small suburb. They all survived the war, but, but Bosque's husband did not. They got the papers and for several days they were sleeping in a park and all they had with them was a suitcase because they always had to be on the move. Juliana's mother often went on streetcars with the suitcase to look like they were going somewhere and to not raise suspicion. She would often get off, walk a bit, and get on another streetcar. When she got off the streetcar and put the suitcase down, Juliana was standing on the streetcar. The conductor started the car up again. Juliana almost fell from the jolt, but a young man grabbed her. The streetcar left, and she was left in the car. Her mother tried to run after the streetcar, but she had no clue where the car was going and couldn't keep up with it. The man who caught Juliana took her to the police station. She told them that her name was the name on the fake ID, which was Soboslo, a small town her mother lived in as a teenager. When the police actor asked her where she lived, she also said Soboslo and she was almost arranged to be taken there, but her mother found her. Her mother didn't always wear the Star of David, and luckily for her, but lucky for her, she wasn't always perceived as Jewish. They had to get off the streets because it was getting too dangerous. Her mother knew a woman who had converted out of Judaism before the war, who was married to a post office manager. They went to the suburbs where they lived. The husband was very kind and let them hide in their cellar. They hid there from November to April. During that time, some German officers quartered there, who Juliana's mother pretended to be their servant. During that time, Juliana had to stay in the basement all the time and not speak or cry, and she didn't. After the war, she developed a big phobia of fish, because the Hungarian word for fish sounded a lot like to hear. The Hungarian word for fish is hall, and the word for to hear is halini. She was always told not to make a sound, or someone else might be able to hear them. She still can't even swim in fresh water out of fear that there might be fish. She has no memory of this time, but the fish phobia stuck with her. Mother doesn't like talking about when they were hiding out of fear of triggering bad memories. 
He doesn't scream, even in her sleep during nightmares. The war ended in Hungary in April 1945, after Hungary was liberated by the Red Army. Very few jobs survived. Before the war, her mother was a seamstress, but afterwards she couldn't find a job, so she became a typist and worked two jobs, also repairing nylon stockings at night. They lived in the house where they hid, and soon moved to an apartment nearby with two other families. Her mother dug up jewelry and gold that Juliana's father buried in his mother's grave and sold it on the black market. They survived for about two years off of that money. They moved once again into a new apartment on the same floor as one of her mother's friends. The young man who had rescued her from the ghetto was also looking for housing and moved into a room in their apartment until 1946. Juliana was enrolled into a Jewish elementary school in 1948, but in 1949, Hungary became socialist and most religious schools were eliminated, so she was enrolled into a public school. She says that she raised herself because her mother was rarely home because of all the jobs she needed to keep her family afloat. They also got some help from family friends. Juliana says that she took herself to school, got herself dressed, and went on streetcars and always felt hungry. When her mother would give her money for the streetcars, she would go to a nearby store and buy a bread roll instead because she was so hungry and had very little food at home. It's a hard time not just for them, but for everybody. During her years at the elementary school, she was bullied for being Jewish. Julianne grew into a teenager, and all this time, her mother was still waiting for her father to return. Many men ended up in Russia, so her mother always hoped he was in Russia, but he still never came. They were not very religiously observant. Her father was, and so, so was her mother, while they were married, but stopped under socialism. Her mother was a member of the Communist Party before the revolution in 1956 because she wanted to do anything she could to advance jobs. After the revolution, she quit being in the Socialist Party. When Juliana turned 18, she changed her last name so it wouldn't sound Jewish to avoid harassment. She changed her legal maiden name to Zechi. Zechi was a heroine who fought against the Turks in the 16th century. Hungarian history has lots of heroes who protected their country, but there were only a few female warriors. Juliana never went to university, but went to a high school in Budapest. She married Thomas Toth, a non-Jewish veterinarian, in 1964. As of the time of filming, they are still married. Half-sister Judy left during the Hungarian Revolution in 1956. She tried to get her mother and Juliana to go with her, but her mother didn't want to leave. They kept in touch, and she eventually ended up in America, where she lived in New York. She came back in 1964. By then, Juliana and her husband were trying to leave Hungary. Her half-sister tried to invite her to America, but it was too difficult to get out of Hungary. The couple really wanted to leave. The Communist Party was looking for young intellectuals. Her husband was asked three times within a year to join the Communist Party, but he couldn't. She and his family were scared he would be arrested for not being in the party. He was unable to advance his career or become a physician because he came from a wealthy family. He never liked being a veterinarian. The borders were closed in 1965, but he managed to make 
contact with the German Research Institute. Because of the invitation, he was allowed to get a passport. They wouldn't have given him one if he hadn't been invited because he was military age. He signed up for asylum in West Germany and never looked back. They They stayed in a camp for about three months. In the meantime, he was able to deliver his paper. When they got asylum, the institute said he he could work there. They stayed two years to decide if they wanted to stay in Germany. They saved their money and immigrated to the U.S. in about 1967. She went back to Hungary a couple times to visit her mother. Her husband wasn't allowed to return, but was able to go in 1984 due to the amnesty. She has three cousins, two men and a woman, the second cousin from her mother's family. Her great-grandparents had 11 children, and the oldest was Juliana's grandpa. The whole family who lived in Sobislo was deported. As of filming in 2003, she works as a microbiologist in Virginia Tech and lives in Blacksburg, Virginia. She went to South Dakota University, where her husband had a job. She previously was at a nursing school in New York, but her husband was employed at South Dakota. She earned her degree in microbiology, and they moved to Blacksburg in 1982. Her husband taught virology. The lesson she thinks we should learn from the Holocaust is that to discriminate against a group of people in such a way, not just benignly discriminate, but to actually try to exterminate a group of people is evil. Even the survivor's children will always suffer from this experience. The entire Jewish race, really. I don't think we will ever be able to overcome this. Even in a hundred years, I don't think so. So this has to be a lesson to humanity. She loves America because she can be proud of her Jewish heritage. and doesn't have to be worried. She once was working at a hospital in California and heard some derogatory remarks about Jewish patients. She said something. They said, how can you be Jewish? You're such a nice person. When she first came to Blacksburg, she told as many people as possible that she was Jewish. So if they didn't want to associate themselves with her, they wouldn't have to. She's most grateful to America because she can be proud of her heritage and religion. Now in 2020, the world is still nowhere near perfect. What happened in the Holocaust shouldn't be forgotten. Listening to the stories of survivors tells us that no one deserves to live in fear because of who they are.